Kane is there, and so is Guardiola! A home debut goal. That's a good one. Okay. He's on the box. We have a goal! Musa Polo! Scorpions. It's an empty stadium, but the roofs of the Independence Stadium are coming down. I can feel. I use ball again. It's really, it's absolutely brilliant. And Kudus takes advantage. George. Now Heidemann. Cuts it in. Adriano Leon. What a hit! What a great goal! Canada take the lead. And it's Adriano Leon with a rocket into the top corner. Larin gathering it in. Does Canada look to find some early momentum? Well, Davies arriving! So a Kenyan, a Gambian, and a Canadian Ghanaian walk into a... No, this isn't a joke, guys. This is literally the intro. Um, <laughs> Yo, sit back and enjoy us, man. We talk a lot of football. We got our takes. Uh, we support different clubs everywhere. And honestly, it's all about African and Canadian football overall. So enjoy the conversation. We'll bring on guests. We'll have different conversations. But it's really just about where the sport is and where it could go. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode. We were confirmed of the groups last week. And you know, it's, it's been a while since we've had just like a youth tournament talk. I mean, while we're doing this, the uh, African Men's U17s tournament is happening. been watching a little bit of that. Impressed with some players from Somalia. Burkina Faso looking nice. Seeing, you know, who makes it to the finals. Great, but I, I love looking at the potential of youth players. Um, it definitely gives you names that you can watch from a get-go. And at least, you know, you get to be that uh, <laughs> that niche person who says, well, I was following them since, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. You watch tournaments. I just like the sport anyway. Give me sport and I'll watch it. But let's get to this. So Canada was drawn into Group A. In the group, they have the U.S., Jamaica, and Panama. And it's very interesting that it's those three teams out because the U-17s just happened last year and the U-7, U-20s are happening this year. A lot of teams, we haven't seen the U.S. team as of yet. They're running a uh, training camp right now uh, to kind of form their team. And we'll be hearing from what that final 20 players will be. But you see a lot with um, Canada and Jamaica, a lot of just, you know, we're just going to graduate the U-17s up to the U-20. And that can work in different aspects uh, with both those teams specifically. Now, you also add the element of a new coach. Um, uh, the Canadian girls go from Emma Humphreys all the way to... Is it Emma Humphreys? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. they go from Emma Humphreys. Yep. <laughs> I had a moment where I lost myself. Yo, she's really... 
she's really just three years, man. What? A, okay, we're not going to talk about this. Um, I just saw where her date of birth is, and it made me feel young and old all at the same time. Okay, so they go from Emma Humphreys to Sydney Ty, and I'm not going to say that I'm concerned, but I do think this group, if we're looking at Canada, we're going to have to rely a little bit on the talent that we do have now. The interesting conversation will be, what does Canada do with its roster? Um, I think the big question going into the tournament, uh, the, the qualifiers at least, was that they only brought technically three midfielders, right? Geneva, Geneva Hernandez-Gray they brought, Olivia Smith they brought, and and then Thea Moritaitis. Now, again, if I say this wrong, Thea, I'm sorry. I say it's everyone I record. I'm sorry. It's not the intent. But it does. that was the big question that people had. And I, I certainly did have it. I mean, you see a lot of U17 graduates. Um, literally everyone that came through minus, I think, Noel Henning would it have been. No, everyone except for, uh, you know, actually everyone came through. Coralie Lallier was playing U-17s, a move to U-20. Faith Fenwick played U-17 last. And Noel Henning graduated from the U-15 program. So all those three all came through. When you look at the defenders, right, from the U-17s, Archibald, Ati, Marcassini, Claire Logan, Okiki, and Ibo Ching. Then you have a few differences, um... Renee Watson fully back at fullback. Jadia Collin there. And Sophie Murdoch coming in from Mountain View Los Altos Soccer Club. Other than that, Claire Logan, Zoe Marcassini, Ella Otti, Maya Archibald, Sophie Murdoch, we mentioned already. Again, a lot of the same names that you see. When we reached the Fords, that's where it got interesting now. They didn't the U seventeens didn't have the services of Rosa Malouf at the uh, U-17 World Cup. And that's where you saw the introduction of Annabelle Shuku. I mean, that roster, U-17s, had Amanda Allen. Now, this was at the CONCACAF Championships, so let's be very clear here. This is the U-17s at the CONCACAF Championships. You had... This is wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. I'm looking at the 2022, I'm like, this is wrong, because Annabelle Chukwu wasn't there. They already moved Annabelle Chukwu into Wikipedia. What you doing? Come on now. But anyways, we know Rosa Mouf was there. You had Jade Bordelot, who was there. Emily Wong, Renee Watson, was a forward, now back at fullback. Naya Rose, Amanda Allen, and Jamie Perrault, right? Now, when we get to the midfield, the midfield is where you have some interesting choices and decisions. Players like Felicia Roy wasn't included. They weren't included. Anna Haar wasn't included. Ashley Roberts wasn't included. Izzy Monk wasn't included. The only holdover in the midfield technically was Geneva Hernandez Gray. Uh, now, on the older squad, you did have players, that, the young U20s, as we call them. Right, uh, who were the captains for the squad, interestingly enough. Olivia Smith and Florian Jord. I don't know why the broadcast kept on calling her Florian Jordet. Um If it is Jordet, okay, c'est Jordet. Mais quand je lis, ça dit uh, Florian Jord. Alors je vais juste dire Florian Jord. 
So when it comes to that, it's very interesting to see what Sydney Tai does. Now, I don't know what it is with the U20 coaches versus the U17s, but I feel like within the U17s, maybe because of more time that they've had, you have an idea of what that team identity is. Now, this team is has a boatload of forwards, and I think we'll get to that conversation. I don't, I wonder what happens here, right? The forwards that Sydney Ty brought to the qualifications, Amanda Allen, Kayla Briggs, Annabelle Chukwu, Florian Jourd, and it's funny when I speak French, when I speak English, when I'm talking in English and I try to read something in French, I go to like a Fringlish accent, but then I'm bilingual. Alors, je ne sais pas pourquoi je dis pas Florian Jold, Rosa Malouf, Ella McBride, Jamie Perot, and Naya Rose. I wonder if you're going to make a decision. Now, the interesting thing is they only brought four fullbacks and they didn't play them much, which... I find interesting. You know, it was Ati, Archibald, and Judea Collin. Renee Watson didn't get much run. I feel like she has more to give in the squad now. Maybe this is something that Sydney is seeing that maybe Coach Ty feels a certain way. I feel like the team here is good enough to actually contribute. I think this roster is very loaded with talent. So I'm wondering, uh, in terms of playing time, what actually happens. But I think the forwards will be interesting. So, again, you have players who are missing, like Izzy Monk, Felicia Roy, Anna Hauer, and Ashley Roberts. All are eligible to play. And I wonder if any of those four actually make it to the championship round. I, I, it, I very curious. And if you do add one of them, then the question is... Who gets bumped? I am very curious to see what happens in that situation because you could go many ways. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to spend a little bit of time this week catching up with some of the uh, League One action that's happening because that gives us a better idea. We can watch uh, the NDC in Ontario play. We can watch the Whitecaps play. We saw Jamie Pearl making some good interviews and talking there, but I'm wondering if a player like Isabel Monk, I know I'm calling her Izzy, as if we've known each other for years, we, we haven't. But I wonder if Isabel Monk makes this team, and if she does, who does she push off of this team? And I, if we were going to do that, if we were going to add another midfielder, because that is a question. Olivia Smith is more of that 10, I know. They're playing her more of an 8 here, and then a player like Florian Jourde, Elle peut, uh, she can play in different spots. And that's a problem, right? When you're looking at U20s, you think, okay, well, there's a bit of flexibility that goes into it. I'd rather have players playing in positions where they're really comfortable. And if they're more, if they're more atidis is more atidis, if they're more atidis is a player that Sydney Tai trusts in the midfield, you would at least, I think you'd want at least a couple more Right, You saw the mentality that they took when they had the ball in this qualification. It was just to score goals and work there. Now, can they work as a unit? And I think Geneva Hernandez-Gray did an amazing job in the midfield. Um, but you can't ask her to be the lone line of defense against the likes of the U.S., Panama, and even Jamaica. And not to diminish them, I didn't 
rank them in a ranking where I thought one was good or one was bad. I just think you're playing teams. You're in the end game now. All these teams have some good quality players. All three teams, based off what I see or based off their reputation, USA, um, are good passing teams. Uh, Jamaica look far improved passing in their matchups, and Panama look comfortable on the ball as well, which means pressure may not be their, the only way to go through. Right? It's just pressure, but also being structurally sound in your shape. So that's going to be a big thing I'm looking at with Sydney Ty. I This team, to be honest... It's maybe an overstatement. I think this team is too talented to not make the FIFA World Cup, right? I saw what they did at the U17 level, and some of these players are now just regaining form. I think it helps, especially uh, for the uh, players who are playing League One right now. It helps that League One has started, so at least they're getting games. At least they're getting match fitness, and at least because they're grouped and clumped together, Right, you have a big group that are with the NDC in Ontario. It's so like Maloof, Chukwu, Kayla Briggs, the the fullbacks, all the fullbacks are in NDC are in the NDC Ontario. So at least you know they're getting that cohesion there. And then the Whitecaps, you know, you have Claire Logan, Maya Archibald, Janita Hernandez Gray, Jamie Perrault. Like it's good, and then Amanda Allen's getting pro reps there. I think if we're going to make a, a bit of a prediction, I would make the prediction that if you were going to add a midfielder, I think a player like Isabel Monk would be a good player to add in, just based off how she's looked uh, so far in League One. And if I have to bump someone, I think the forwards have enough firepower, and it's a tough one to leave out, but I might, I might buy, but bleh. I might bump a player like Naya Rose just because there's a bit of a redundancy. I think, now, unless you want to cut a player like Ellen McBride based off what you're doing tactically, this is all me speculating, okay? I think all these players are talented enough, and I think it's a tough decision to make, but I think you'd have to make a sub like that because Allen, Briggs, Chuku, Jord, Malouf, Perrault, Rose, McBride, like, that's a lot, but the question is going to be, especially against a team like the U.S., can you can you pass through them? They are, the U.S. is going to pressure you. They're going to press you, and which means you have to make the right decision. Now, I'm looking forward to see the matchups. Like I, I think Onyeka Gamero is probably going to make the U.S. Uh, U7, the U20 team. She was on the U17 team and did very well when she played. But the one thing I enjoyed watching was her matchup with Elaati in the U17s. It was nice back and forth, and it'll be nice to see another version of this. They do play, they are the third game that plays. I think Canada plays uh, Jamaica first, and then Panama, and then the U.S. on the 24th, the 26th, and the 28th of May. But the midfield is going to be key for that. So that's why I'm thinking maybe adding another midfield presence wouldn't be a bad idea. And then again, you're winning, you're playing this to qualify for the Olympic. <laughs> You're playing this to qualify for the World Cup, not necessarily win all these games. So I think they have a good chance of doing that. The one question that I do have for the squad right now is that we haven't seen them really defend, right? The The closest that they were uncomfortable was the game against Cuba in the qualifications, where Cuba just pressed them, and they looked a little bit uncomfortable. 
probably because they hadn't impressed the entire tournament. So with that being the case, the question now becomes, now what are you going to do against a team that can press you? Because Jamaica will press. The U.S. will press. And both those teams can be a lot more clinical when you reach the box. Especially as like a team like the U.S. So how do they handle pressure? And furthermore, how do they pass out of it? Or what's their mindset in getting out of it? They do like to play from the back. Is that an option that they'll have against a team like the U.S. and Jamaica? Panama maybe as well, right? The midfield will be key. I think Geneva, Geneva Hernandez-Gray, again, showed a lot in the qualifications. But now, again, we're all stepping up here. I wonder how Sydney Tai sets up this team. Does she go with a traditional 4-4-2 to have two strikers? Does she go with a 4-3-3, leaving Annabelle Chukwu up, up top? Right. Names I'm curious to see. I I was a little bit surprised that uh she didn't go with Rosa Malouf. Um if if you go back to like the narrative around the U seventeen team last year, I think a lot of us in Canada were excited for Rosa Malouf's potential. And the injury unfortunately uh left us missing a few things. Now Amanda Allen is a player who's gone pro. And this is nothing against their play. Again, this that U17 team, talented. But for me, myself, I'll say myself, I was on the Maloof train. I was on the train. I'm wondering if some more games in the NDC gets her into match fitness to the point where Sydney Tai actually trusts her. Now, again, I don't know what Tai's tactics are. We can look at what they did um, from a U20 standpoint a few years ago. But I think your best 11 of the group you have, like the game that they played against El Salvador that they ultimately won, what was it, 9-1 or 8-1? The fact that you brought Maloof off the bench spoke to, I think, a little bit of how Ty views Maloof right now. And maybe that's reading way too much into it, but I thought Maloof would have been a good player to play in that game. But hey, you score that many goals and then you brought Maloof off the bench. So... I'm curious to see how Rosa rebounds from that experience. Probably, it, again, a lot of speculating here, but I wonder how she's able to do. Now, maybe this is a challenge for her. She sees this as an opportunity to, you know, get back into that fitness to the player that I think a lot of people think that she can be. And I'm wondering to see, like, how the different levels are able to mesh now. We know they won't have as much time together, so you probably won't see as many. You won't see a full overhaul of this roster. That's why I think maybe one two players at most get switched out. And if you're going to do that, you probably bring in a midfielder. I think there's enough. I would make one change, and that's the tough change I would make. I would switch. I would swap Naya Rose for Izzy Monk. So you have some more midfield options that you can put there. And if the, even if that means you have to play someone like Azoli Marcassini and advance her a little bit higher up on the pitch, that's only three center backs. So... I do wonder what they're able to do and what Sydney Tai thinks, but that would be what I do. Yeah, so we're going to do it, keep it short today. Just a quick 20-minute conversation. Well, it's probably not 20 minutes because that'll be it. But yeah, so U20s are coming up. I'm wondering what they decide to do. I'm curious. All the best, Baby Reds. You guys were the original Baby Reds. <laughs> um, um, the men, the U17s, U20s are the baby rouge. We're not going to go to baby fetuses because that's just weird. 
But yeah, Baby Red's getting going on the 24th of May, right after the long weekend here in Canada. So I am curious to see how they look. I think this is probably one of the more talented U17 groups that we've seen in a little bit. Not to say that the other groups didn't have talent, but this group, the U17, looked the part. Um, at U20, they're just a couple years, or just a year older. It will be exciting to see what they're able to do on the pitch. All the best, Sydney Tie. All the best, ladies. We're rooting for you. We'll see you guys on the pitch. I'm going to stop talking. Stop rambling for now.